Welcome to episode 7 of the Poster Spy Podcast. I'm Jack Woodhams, founder of the website and your host. This episode's guest is designer and illustrator Nada Maktari. Nada's work has attracted a lot of attention over the past year, particularly due to her style that appears to merge her two passions of architecture and illustration. In 2022, she released an officially licensed June screen print with Bottleneck Gallery, as well as a fine art print with More Art Gallery. In this podcast, we discuss her design background, what inspires her art, her plans for 2023, and much more. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to check out our Patreon, where you can unlock extended versions of every single episode from just £2 per month. Head to patreon.com slash posterspy. Hey Nada, thank you so much for joining me on the Posterspy podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So I think it's pretty obvious from your social media that you're basically a coffee addict. <laughs> We're starting with that. We're starting with that because I also used to be a coffee addict. So I want to yeah. know, what is your favorite type of coffee? It's a mix. A mix? It's always complicated with me. Yeah, it's a mix of Brazilian and Colombian coffee. You mix them together? Or you, you're yeah, just like saying... beans, mix of beans, Are like you, the roasted beans. Yeah, we you, have a bean to cup now. But you mix two beans together? To have the taste well, you, you like. Well, you buy it. You buy the mix. Oh, it's not like this you just bought two packs. This is why you quit, packs. and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know this yeah, was no. a thing. I didn't know this you was a thing. You can do that. No, Wait, you can do on. that as well. Wait, hold on. So you've got you've got a coffee coffee brand that's like two coffees. Well, yeah, you can buy the beans, like <laughs> oh my god, the Brazilian beans and Colombian beans, and then mix them, or you can buy the mix. Does it not taste weird? How long ago did you quit? <laughs> okay okay i didn't quit that long ago no i quit coffee about uh a year ago uh i i have the Ouch. occasional i have the occasional coffee like if i'm really feeling like i need one i'll have one but i had decaf. to quit i had to no 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 no, no. sometimes decaf. i have a caffeinated coffee sometimes but i had to quit because i was getting to the point where it was getting to like three in the afternoon and i needed to sleep otherwise i li- i physically was just exhausted um, you're going to get to that point one one day. You'll see. You'll see. We're still waiting. <laughs> Coffee's great, but it'll mess you up. <laughs> so tell me, what originally got you into this poster scene? Because for anyone who knows anything about you, you have been studying architecture. You're doing your MA. But obviously posters are very different to that. So I just would like to know, you know, what got you into that? Uh, so it was lockdown to begin with. I actually had my Instagram up for my architecture work in terms of trying to get a job after I graduated in 2020, I believe. Yeah. So it was like the summer. Hard to get a job, uploading all my work, and then I tried to get a community going for architecture students and graduates, which was, it was okay at first. And then at just some point, I started going back into things I liked again, like Star Wars. (laughs) And... um. I just started doing some posters, digital work on that. And then I found more art. <laughs> and James really liked my um, mining town piece. So we made prints out of that. And then I just started enjoying the fandom a bit more and being interactive because I was a Star Wars fan for a very long time, but just not really vocal about it. And yeah, and then that's how I got into the poster scene. I never knew about like, collecting alternative posters or making them before i just want to circle back to the not very vocal about star wars 
because if anything now, <laughs> your whole social, I would say this is almost like a brand for you at this point. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the complete Wars, opposite. Never. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. <laughs> Everyone knows. I mean, even on your website, right? You have, what is it? What is it? Star Wars. Was, Star Wars Kitect. Yeah. Star, yeah. I, I thought I, I would say really that. That's, clever. So hard, that's hard to say. <laughs> because, yeah, you know that there's that saying, right? Star Kitect is how you label like very famous architects like Zaha Hadid. And um, I just self-proclaimed myself as one, which is probably illegal, but you never know. And um, thought I'd add the wars in the inside. But it worked out. My tutor for my undergraduate turned out to be a massive Star Wars fan as well. And when I saw her before Christmas, just briefly, she just introduced me as her star architect. And I was like, yeah. It was that go. moment where I was like, I made it. <laughs> that sort of self-proclaimed job title has just Yeah, stuck. self-proclaimed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that how it always yeah. works? People just give themselves job titles and then it just sticks. It's right? branding. It's branding. It's branding. So as I mentioned a minute ago, you're super vocal now about Star Wars. I mean, you're very clearly a Star Wars fan. Have you always been a Star Wars fan, like since you were younger? Or is it something you've kind of grown with and started creating stuff based on that? Yeah, I, I grew up watching Star Wars. I have an older brother. So before my sister was born, I was I wanted to do everything that he did like anything that he did, I wanted to do. <laughs> so him watching Star Wars and playing with um, Star Wars Lego was like, I want to do that as well. And then I just became a fan. And we grew up watching pretty much everything, even the Clone Wars animation. And then just kind of stopped in secondary school. Um, but yeah, but then during lockdown, everyone was at home. And we just started bringing out like everything that that we used to do when we were kids and we rewatched the whole Clone Wars season, the Star Wars movies, and it was fun. So yeah, <laughs> that's how we got back into it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I grew up on Star Wars, like everything. I mean, I don't know exactly how old you are, Nada, but I was, I was playing- I'm 23. 23, it's okay, fun. yeah. So, so <laughs> what I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like, whoa. So I, I remember playing like the Star Wars games on like the Nintendo 64, right? That's, that's how old I am. And, um, <laughs> and that was great. You know, I had the little pod racer game. That was awesome, by the way, pod racer game. If you can ever get your hands yeah. on a Nintendo 64 and the pod racer game, that was, that was amazing. Like a, a Lego, Lego Star Wars until now. And, uh, until, and why until now? Why until now? Oh, I just bought the, the new one on my birthday last year. <laughs> was it my birthday? Yeah. On my birthday, I think it came out. No better or an way. Early birthday present. I can't remember now. <laughs> no better. No better way to treat yourself than with yet more Star Wars stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hundred. No excuse. Like, there's always an excuse for things now. Well, one thing I've always wondered with with like the interest in Star Wars is you you're very not just vocal about your fandom and like liking Star Wars, but about a lot of the shows as well. Yeah, you're, you, <laughs> I've, I've noticed you've been very uh, careful with how you talk about some shows, you know, sometimes when you may not like them as much as you like others. And I'm just curious if there's anything that's sort of like your standout or anything that hasn't really worked for you from the last few, uh, few shows or, or films. Well, Boba Fett, <laughs> the book of Boba Fett was, um, it was good, but I feel like it got a lot of hate. And at some point I was just disappointed. That was, yeah, so that got, was one moment. So it got a lot of hate, but you also felt like there was some legitimacy to that. Yeah, I, no, I don't feel like there was legitimacy to the hate. I think the way people react online is just sometimes way too much. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I can totally agree. Yeah. 
And you can feel the hate even if you're not involved in some way. I mean, anytime I said I didn't like something, so I don't, I don't particularly like the sequels. I don't get a lot of people hating on me for that. I'd get like the the message and like the Instagram DM that goes, "Hey, but can you give it a chance?" <laughs> like that. It was like a very polite way of going. Why? Um, but yeah. So yeah, sequels, and I think that one was the weakest show. As a Disney show, yeah, I kind of agree, and it's a massive shame as well because for me, so as I said, grew up with Star Wars as well, similar to you. That show for me was like the one I'd always wanted to happen, you know, like how, what film. happened to, but yeah, what happened to him after after the movies, and then yeah, it just it didn't didn't ride out quite as I'd expected. It was still yeah. okay, but yeah, I still love Boba Fett. So I get obsessions though, like anytime a new show goes like starts for now example um mandalorian season three i'm all for mandalorian again (laughs) until like the next show comes out it's just like a full obsession i I wish i had that much energy for this kind of stuff i wish i did you know i I, I, i'm at the point now where i've seen so many of them that i'm just like oh i could go i could go for a while without a star wars thing or any kind of like marvel thing or any i don't know you know what's weird is i used to be the sci-fi loving you know my my grandparents for example they hate everything sci-fi they 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 had it they had like the empire strikes back on vhs right vhs do you remember do you remember those Dada? of course yeah I do. <laughs> they had that You're on like, vhs are you too young for this I, I, i'm not even sure are you <laughs> vhs must I have been so. no vhs probably only lasted did you have vhs when you were a kid yeah i used really? to record um art attack episodes <laughs> art attack was awesome that was a great show but back onto my grandparents they had an empire strikes back vhs it was the only one out of the three they had by the way you know the three original movies so for choice. some reason yeah good choice but you know if you ever really wanted to get into it you'd have to watch it from the middle which was always a bit annoying um but they like she my nan just hated the idea of me even watching it it was like in their house and everything and then whenever i wanted to watch it as a kid they were always like oh no 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 and you know my nan's like the emmerdale coronation street type of person you know no disrespect to Emmerdale and Coronation Street lovers. I'm sure it's uh, it has some great storylines every now and then. But as a kid, I was always like, come on, Star Wars. Wow. She hated Lord of the Rings. Hated that. No. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't, couldn't stand it. That's also one of my favorite movies. But it was weird. Like, now I'm getting a bit older. I'm almost following the footsteps in a way. Like, I still love Don't Lord of the it. Rings. No, no, I still love Lord okay, of the good. Rings. But it's more the other stuff. Like... I could miss a Star Wars show now, I think, and not be bothered by it. You know, I feel like that is that that me that saying that hurts. is probably crushing no, your soul. Yeah, no, I, I, I <laughs> a believe little it. Bit. Yeah, yeah, just a, a little bit. But then again, soulless architect, that's fine. Yeah, um, and and you can't yeah. expect any more from me. I mean, I'm giving giving up coffee, giving going to give yeah, up Star Wars, you're giving up I'm everything just... <laughs> at this rate. No. <laughs> everything you love is gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get it with Marvel. I think I love Marvel, but these days I've just or these past few years i don't mind skipping a few things well i've still not seen yeah i've still not seen thor love and thunder yet and that isn't based it's not based on the reviews by the way just want to underline that it's not based on that it's just based on the fact that i just can't i just don't care i just don't (laughs) care seriously i just do not care like the like you said i don't mind skipping a few and you know, like when Endgame and everything was coming out and all of those movies and everything just felt yeah. like it was really going for something. Yeah, and now I'm kind of like, great. yeah, I mean, maybe we're going to get that now. I think with Ant-Man and stuff, 
maybe you know it's going to start building that whole thing up again but yeah for, for me thor was just a easy pass and i i kind of hate that i kind of hate that i'm at a stage where i don't even care anymore that's not good is no, it? we need you to care Come yeah on. i need to care again Make, yeah. Someone needs to make an, an amazing MCU movie. That's what it needs to be. Like super standout that I'm just going to get hooked and back in. And you make the poster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that will get you like so excited again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that is one thing I've noticed as well. That's what gets well. me excited. Making the poster. Yeah. Like when I, when I watch a show or an episode, I just get so excited. I have to do something. Is there Even a lot of stuff? Is there a lot of stuff you make that we don't get to see that you've kind of just got in sketchbooks or, you know, PSDs that we'll never see? I have a piece. Uh, it was from Moon Knight. I really liked Moon Knight, but I didn't share it. Why? So, well, it was supposed to come out as an official licensed piece. Ah, and, and it didn't. that didn't work out. So I'm just waiting. You're just waiting for, for one day the license to come back up again and you just say. Yeah, it was like it, it was approved and everything. It just didn't work out. Um, yeah, I'll see if I've, I might when I'm f- more free. <laughs> try again with galleries and see where it goes but yeah i don't know for now that there's a season two that one has bit the dust that one's mummified it's gone (laughs) we we both tried it with the puns (laughs) yeah (laughs) be glad i haven't i haven't put in a star wars pun yet i was like really holding myself back from going hello there (laughs) you should have so no no why not stop Uh, that like would be, once it starts <laughs> that'd be fine i'm sure there's plenty of star wars fans gonna watch this podcast and they're gonna appreciate all the you know the little fan things you're gonna stick in don't oh. i do enough <laughs> I'm, no i'm hoping for it now i'm gonna be really disappointed if by the end of this conversation there's not at least 10 star wars puns <laughs> but what i actually did want to talk about is because you mentioned like the toxic fandoms and when a film comes out and then people you know they have a lot of hate for it and you're right you know it's never yeah. right to like hate a show or necessarily voice a hate for it because i think a lot of stuff is just sort of personal opinion a lot of it i think there's some stuff we can all share i think as like a general opinion if something isn't so good like an episode for example but a lot of stuff is just like one person out there will hate this one specific thing and just go on about it forever and it'll make it sound like it's the one most important thing about the show when it really doesn't matter um yeah. and that's like a really bad thing about the toxic fandom and then if you're someone because you mentioned you know if you then go online and say no i really liked it sometimes people will message you and be like it's like you have to justify it you can't just like things anymore you yeah. have to say why then you know you're, you're wrong if you like something although in saying that <laughs> i remember when the last jedi came out and i don't hate that movie but there was a lot of stuff that i was like what right and i remember uh, i saw it around the same time as dan mumford and we had like a huge debate about that movie none of us came out with like a (laughs) none of of us came out of that debate with like an an answer he just you know he really liked it i just thought that's a few things that are a bit weird but i think that's what this kind of conversation gets you nothing if you if you have such a combative like i hate this thing i love this thing it doesn't matter right you end up at just like a equilibrium of nothing. Yeah, I mean, the way people approach it is just, it's incorrect to start where they feel like, especially on Twitter, now that I am on Twitter more than anything, um, it's just, the way people approach it is, is very aggressive towards the production as well. So yeah, it's kind of like they're not just hating on the characters, they start hating on the production of the show. 
And I think that's really discouraging towards just as a whole, like if an artist from Lucasfilm or something like that sees it, I don't know. I just feel like it's just so unfair to people that work so hard on these things. And also the theory, like they're, they're very theorized. Like if I feel like uh, more recently, some shows, like for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi was good, but it was fan service. It was a lot of fan service. And if it didn't go with what people wanted, then they get mad because it doesn't follow their theory. And I think that's just so silly. It's not their story. <laughs> no, I completely agree. So, yeah. And I think that, I think it's all fine to have an opinion. Like if you genuinely hate a show or a film or whatever, anything, you know, hate anything, then you can, you, you're entitled to that. You know, you're allowed to. But I think once you take it online and then you make it so public, and like you said, most of these people actually go after like the production whether or not it's the directors, yeah. writers, producers, whatever, I think that's when you're out of line. I think, yeah, and I think that's the case for, you know, anything, not just movies, films, but, you know, if you're going to be critical of artwork or whatever, I always think it's bad to go after someone. You should never do that. Yep. It's a lot in architecture school. Oh, well, we so were going to get to that. Go on. You, you said <laughs> earlier about this. Yeah. Uh I feel like the secrets I'm are going to be. Privileged. Um, yeah, it's breaking boundaries, speaking the truth. Dun, dun, dun. No, um, I'm on. This is an expose now, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I I'm really grateful that my experience was pretty good, so, like so far in architecture school. I mean, seven years, and you hear a lot about it being very, very toxic, and you get your, I'd say, egoistic. I don't want to put a lot, but like a bad label, but there are egoistic architects out there. Um, but I feel a lot of architects can be quite degrading if they're not careful. So you will get like a few crits where crits like is in reviews you present and, and you get feedback from your tutors who are qualified architects or guest architects as well. And they can be quite harsh sometimes. And that's something that's just, it's changing in my school for sure. Um, but yeah. It can be um, interesting. <laughs> You're spot on really about that. And I think, you know, a lot of industries are like it as well, in the sense that you've always got like a, there's always going to be people that are egotistical, right? And you have to sort of navigate that really carefully as well, because those people are usually quite brittle. Like if you try mm -hmm. and, I don't know, if you have a different opinion to them or you try and discuss a critique, let's say, I'm sure that they're always quite difficult. When it comes to stuff like that, it's not just easy. You can't just sort of debate a critique. I can imagine it's just a, this is my opinion and that's it, right? It's, it's meant to be very, it's meant to be constructive feedback, let's say. So I think uh, a lot of architects fall into critiquing. And I know I'm saying this like at a very, I'm very young compared to architects that critique. So maybe I'm... I, I probably will get some backlash on that if I'm not careful, but I do believe like there's some architects that find these critics as a way of just stating their opinion, going, oh, I don't like this. And then they don't realize that this is actually really unhelpful to, to what they're critiquing and who they're critiquing. Like if someone told you that they don't like your poster or their, your drawing or something, that's not helpful. No, at it's all. not at all. So the, you, you do get those. And they don't even explain why they don't like it or something like that. But you kind of just brush it off after. 
So, yeah. And these people giving you the critique, are they actually like the leaders in the in the school or are they just random oh, people? Oh, no. They could be guests, mostly. Um, I've never had a really bad, like, critique. A lot of things happen from what you hear about most of the time. Um, but it's not, it's not something that's like a surprise when you go into architecture school. And it was actually something that I... So that and also what to do after you graduate was something that I was looking to create a platform for initially on my Instagram, where it was, I, I wanted to be open and honest about what architecture school is like, and also what you can do after you graduate. And this kind of tunnel vision that you get into when you're studying isn't, isn't the way to go about it. Because when you, when you do start studying architecture, the, the like first three years, you can just hone in on being so antisocial and just getting on with your work and thinking about nothing else but your design. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell that, you you know, it's, it's quite it, not, not emotional for you, but it's draining talking about this kind of thing. It's clearly something that's affected you, you know, while you've been studying and stuff. Yeah, I had it. I had my final year during COVID. So in a way, it was good and bad. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a weird one to feel about in general. I never know how to feel about it. Well, I think from the way you're describing it, the course and the studying has, and the experience there with the critiques and everything like that has clearly made you quite resilient to certain things, which actually might be helpful in, you know, the design industry, because a lot of those things you've yeah. experienced with architecture will sort of funnel down into the design industry in probably every shape and, you know, or form. I think maybe not so much, you know, online and in the poster community, for example, but, you know, if you were to go and work at an agency or, you know, something like that, you may encounter this similar issue. I mean, I remember when I was at uni, right, and I was doing, so I did film at uni and yeah. the, I had the sort of same experience, uh, but more with our actual lecturers. Like they would give you feedback, but it was just not constructive. It was just complete criticism. And I remember yeah. when I did my final year film and they were literally just like, change this, change this, this won't work, this won't work, this won't work. And at the time I was so conscious of what they were saying to be true that I actually changed a lot of it. And then the final thing that I made, I just hated it. I never put it anywhere. I never showed anyone. I was so ashamed of it. It just wasn't what I, I mean, I, I still graduated with like a two one. I did well at the, you know, fairly well, but the, the final piece I did, I was just like, nah, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted to do. And that's, I think a point where criticism can actually become quite bad, um, mm -hmm. you know, for creatives, because I've always believed this, that as creatives, everyone has a different view of the world and how they want to make something or how they want to show a feeling or whatever. So in a way, how can people be critical of that? I mean, with architecture, it's different. You're probably doing stuff that's yeah. more like, you know, <laughs> it's well, well, almost mathematical, right? Down to what you're designing and stuff. Kind of, yeah. I mean, we're still quite, it's mostly critical about why, why does this building actually exist? Like, do we need it? So you have to think about this narrative as well. So architecture is a lot about storytelling as much as it is about an engineer telling you, yeah, that's not going to hold. <laughs> okay. So, so it's a bit of both. So you have to actually build a story around what you design. They can't just exist because yeah, you think it would be school. cool, no? <laughs> no, no, you, you'd get a lot for that. <laughs> a lot of feedback. Really? <laughs> crits. You yeah. can't just be like, I think this looks cool. 
this would be great. Well, anyone can think something is cool because that's very subjective. There's True. it's like a weird fine line of like this is, um, you can be artistic about it, but it's in the end it can't be design if you're too artistic. You know, it's just that weird balance where you could do art, but then architecture is not necessarily always art. It's design, and you're designing how people experience the space and and why would someone need like a gallery there or you know who who would use that gallery and kind of start thinking about it for people more yeah that's very insightful yeah it sounds it sounds <laughs> breaking, complicated breaking stereotypes <laughs> no no i mean it sounds complicated i mean that, that's what i meant earlier when i said that you know having done architecture you're obviously going to be more resilient to like certain things when it comes to your work and you know working with clients and whatever because one thing yeah. that i have noticed in the poster community not not, actually not just the poster community but even just in the design community because you know i've worked in agencies and i've worked with creative directors and whatever is that a lot of new artists really struggle with criticism and they really struggle with feedback and any kind of opinion about their stuff which yeah i think is for a lot of artists that are starting out is a really bad route to go down personally um I, i i mean i know of art directors and agency owners that will legitimately like a blacklist an artist if they're just like, no, I want to do this. And they, if they don't listen to someone, they will just get just that, you know, they will never work with them again. And I've had... Unindusted. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's bad, I guess, because, you know, that artist obviously liked what they did for whatever reason. But at the same time, I think artists should be conscious of that when yeah. they're starting out, you know? I mean... I think compared to three years ago now, I was probably more egoistic than this. <laughs> You're more egoistic. Okay. <laughs> so I think I had a bit of that, even through architecture school. Um, I tend to do things out of spite sometimes. So <laughs> right, I've what? learned like that's what, my re- what do you mean like, by resilience. That? So if someone goes, oh, I c- that can't work or something, and they can't give me a reason why, which is something architects, I guess, do a lot, especially if you're on site. Um, if someone said that something can't be done and you're, say, paying them for it, then you have to question them why and you need a solid reason to go back to your client and say, that is why this can't be done and we need to think of something else. Going back to the artist thing, I think, yeah, compared to when I started joining the whole poster community, I actually didn't know anything. So a lot of it was learning from James from More Art, um, a lot of the process, yeah, and Eileen. Eileen, Poster Posse, you as well. <laughs> Any advice I could get. Um, and yeah, and I just remember just being really open to any type of feedback because I don't, I don't know my typology. I don't have an art background or an illustration background. So it was very, very different. I think that's probably the best way to go into it as well. You know, and anyone watching this, watching this, and anyone listening to this, you know, that's so important. I think if you're starting out, listen to what people have to say, because although you may like to think you're making the best thing ever, you could, there's ways you can improve it that people that have been doing it a lot longer than you can advise you on, you know, whether or not it's layout, typography, whatever. Because one thing I do see a lot of is people that are amazing illustrators, but their typography is just not that good. And, you know, I'm not going to name any names, of course. But I look at I that stuff one sometimes. Of them, like I look, I look back at my own work, and I'm going, "Oh God, like <laughs> how did how did someone like this?" Well, typography is so important, isn't it? And I think I think it's one yeah. of those things that's 
overlooked by a lot of artists. A lot of artists are like, you know, get the illustration down, get that looking good. And then the type gets kind of like a back seat, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tell when it's taken a back seat because it just doesn't fit with everything else. And you just think that would look so much better if someone else did the type, <laughs> the type on it. <laughs> and I just see that a lot. And I just mean, you know, that's something I think people should take on board. And, you know, if people are giving them feedback about ways to improve things, listen to it, try different things. I mean, even just because I do a lot of photography, right? And I remember when I, when I was younger and I was first starting out, I was almost sort of like bullheaded, didn't care what anyone said. My opinion was what I wanted to do. I thought I knew what I was doing. And it's only until you get older and you experience more and you, you sort of let that guard down, you know? I think everyone has that guard up when they first start. I think everyone always wants to think, I don't want to take any opinions or I do this myself. But once you start taking other people's opinions and you, you, you will just naturally evolve. And I think it's the only way you can actually, you can evolve. Yeah. And I think also it depends on, on choosing the right opinions to take in as well. Well, yeah, of course, not all of, them are gonna, of not all of them are going to be good opinions. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's good to ask the right people yeah. and kind of figure it out. But I think you can sort of see who who probably knows what they're talking about, right? When you want to get an opinion from someone. Yeah, and who's open to sharing as well. Yeah, because a lot of people I aren't. Think, yeah, and I think people forget that. You don't have to share everything, which is like another thing to talk about in its whole self, like in terms of online presence and everything. Well, actually, something I did want to say and ask was that, you know, looking across your work, it is very selective. Like, you're not one of those artists that will just jump on anything, make a poster for it and be like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. And there's just like a million different types of posters on your profile or whatever. You're very set in like what you like, which I think is good because given, well, given today's culture of like constantly pumping stuff out for like the algorithm or whatever, it's refreshing to see someone that kind of just goes nah, I'm just going to make something when I like it or when it's, <laughs> nah. you know, relevant. Well, no, you, do you know what I mean? Like you look at your profile and you can clearly see you've been selective. You've not just gone for every Are newest. Are you sure or is it just because I don't have enough time? <laughs> Star Wars selective. Star <laughs> we'll Wars selective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every the Star Wars show, that's was fine. when I caught COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, I'd rather do like a few posters a year that are really good or to me that I'm happy about at least doesn't have to be good for everyone um then having to do one every time a show comes out or a movie comes out because there are some shows and movies that i was just thinking oh i wish i could do a poster for that but also it depends on time and you can really get sucked into the idea of having to produce online all the time but now it's just mentally so draining to think of it that way it's not good and ha do you think that that has helped you though, from a personal growth perspective, like not having to constantly pump stuff out, like you, you're selective, so you can sort of give yourself that time, especially with like your MA and stuff, you're able to kind of go, I'm not going to make something for that, don't care. And then I'll, I'll make something for something I do care about. And then your own growth is, you know, benefited, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think I kind of expected to have more time now that I'm studying full time, but it's not the case. Um, I think, I don't know, I feel like if I did something just for the sake of doing it, then there was just really no point. I mean, I do this poster stuff in my own free time. Um, so I just, I, I can't see the point of putting low effort into a poster just for the sake of something releasing the same week. It doesn't make sense. Even if it was like, for example, um, the Batman movie that came out, I loved it. 
I wish I could make a poster for it. I keep thinking about different compositions when I can. And I would love to make like an official poster for that. But I'm not going to push for it unless I actually genuinely have time to put some effort in. And also because I really want it to be an official one. So I don't think I'd put time unless it would be an official release. Well, you've got your you've got your bottleneck connections now. Yeah, you can try and bridge a gap there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you released that June poster was that that was last year, right? Yeah, it was actually. Or was it the year before? December. When did it come out? Twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, it came I out. So. I did it a few weeks after watching June. So, okay. yeah, that was the most unexpected thing. How did that come? And did they get in weird. touch with you? Did they just say, "Hey, do you want to release this print?" Yes, I tweeted it. I did that poster when I was sick. There's a theme here. Um, <laughs> I tend to do like the best posters come out Ill. when I'm like sleep deprived or I'm sick and I have nothing better to do. I just kind of thought about it. Um, oh, here's some insight for your podcast. How I made it. How I made <laughs> it. I guess how I did, the inspiration, how I did my poster. Yeah. which besides the, the worm or the slinky, um, it was, I was thinking already of the composition because there was this wall relief in the, in the Dune movie. and. I thought that was really cool. Again, it's part of the architecture. I was going to say, I, saw... I probably didn't notice that. I, I, I was just like, cool movie. And then <laughs> didn't even notice the architecture. I mean, obviously you did, but I'm sure you noticed it a Arrakis, lot more. When, when Paul's like looking across and he's learning more about Arrakis and he's looking at the, there's like a worm across the wall. Um, but yeah, but then I, I, I thought of that. And then I literally, I think I was on, Instagram and I saw a, a sculpture, like a Baroque or Renaissance inspired sculpture of Mary and there was this kind of gold ray coming out of her. So very halo-like, saint-like looking. And it just, it just clicked at that moment, made it, tweeted it, and then that kind of just took off. Set the whole thing in motion. Yeah. yeah, and then Bottleneck... Um, messaged me and they said they wanted me to get a licensed poster and I was like yeah sure <laughs> why not and that was that <laughs> yeah I find this yeah. I mean it's interesting because obviously I'm speaking to a lot of different artists on this podcast and it seems that most of them their successes came about completely unexpectedly none of them really sort of just went for it and and you know pushed for it it might have been something they released online that was found by someone I mean, you know, when I had Matt Ferguson on here, for example, his original piece that got him sort of where he is now was just like an Avengers fan poster that I think James Gunn tweeted. Or it was that's I think that's the story. And and then Marvel were just like, hey, do you want to make some stuff? I mean, it, it was completely not, you know, an actual thing he did, if that makes sense. And I think so many artists get hung up on working with a gallery or doing something for a big company or whatever. But I almost feel like, 95% of the time, a lot of an artist's, not necessarily their, their best work ever, but their work that gets somewhere, their first piece, whatever, sets them on the, on the, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? The, you know what I mean? Sets them on the path to where their career is going to go. Might just be something they just wanted to make. And I think it's because they've got their heart and soul into that piece, you know? I mean, I wouldn't say heart and soul, but yeah. Well, okay. You know, I, I, I was just... I did that and like, I, I, this is not a brag, but I genuinely did that in two hours. And this was because of the hype. Like, I was just so hyped about June and I really loved it. And I was like, yep, done and gone. But I would, I, like you said, I didn't expect it. I mean, I was, I'm trying to get into Star Wars the whole time. <laughs> and then just June came out of nowhere. 
And then I got the Dune fandom now, and I don't know anything about Dune. I haven't read the book. Then you're going to have to read it now, just to, <laughs> yeah. just to please your fans, just to please yeah. your Dune fans. It would be nice to read it. And my project was inspired by Dune for my master's. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's just like, I'm a fake. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's... Uh, it's just, quite interesting. Just, I just, just every time I think about wave. it, I'm starstruck. Yeah, wow, yeah, I'm writing the sand dunes <laughs> <laughs> into part two, please. <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. I love the first one. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand the criticisms of the first one because, I mean, I'm I'm a slow burner type of guy. I will love a movie if it's just you know slow and good, you know, slow and good movie. It's just cinematic. I mean, what do you expect? This is art, you know, that meme. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. You go in there and you, you know, that's kind of the movie that Scorsese was probably talking about, right? Like, like cinema. Yeah. Cinema. I loved it. It was very good. Yeah. Same. It was very good. Otherwise I wouldn't have done that poster. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you tend to only make stuff for what you actually want to make stuff for. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. So with all this, you know, architecture background and the fact you're studying an MA now, mm-hmm. I, I take it architecture is what you actually want to be doing full time when you, you know. That's up work. for debate. No, you're not sure yet? <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm constantly in conflict now. I think since I finished my undergrad, I've been in conflict. I've always been, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm kind of going with the flow. I'm doing my MA. I've got a full scholarship for it. So it's like a no question type of thing. And I really want to enjoy designing again. Um, And I want the architecture qualification. Like I want to be qualified as a full, fully qualified architect. But I'm very open to other opportunities post MA, which is two years. So Wish me like it. <laughs> so, so at the same time as doing your MA, you're going to be pumping out the posters, right? Just in case, Maybe in case your in case your career goes down that way. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it has the chance to go down <laughs> at the moment. So I th- I think I'm okay. I don't think you can't. I don't think you can say that. I, you know, things pick up, and you never know. You know. Yeah. You've done your first yeah. license piece already. It's sold really well. More, more will come. Yeah. You never. It's know. more rewarding at the moment. But we'll see. What, when it's more of like a... Poster life, yeah. Sorry, what was that? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> As in like compared to architecture, poster uh, has like this kind yeah. of faster reward, I'd say, in terms of work. Because you're done with a poster, you get the get the dopamine from people online, you know, you get like this kind of... <laughs> you, you get the likes um, and the comments. Yeah, you get the likes, you get the, you know, you get something licensed, yay, approved, whatever. Um, so you get like faster rewards, <laughs> sure. whereas with architecture, it's quite time consuming, but I but still like it. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing it. For you though, even with posters having more of like a faster reward, as you said, if architecture was something you could make it in and you know, you were successful in, would that feel like the right path for you in like, that's what would make you feel good, you know, after all the years of studying? Yeah, I mean, I have, so a lot of people that study architecture usually have this ideal office they want to work in, you know, like some people want to work at Norman Foster's or Zaha Hadid and stuff. I have certain people I want to work with at some point in my life um, that are architects and not necessarily have to do like huge designs. And also in my first year, I worked with some really good people. 
So for me, I can see myself going down a pathway where I'm like, okay, I worked with this person. I worked with that person. Um, rather than going, oh, I built like a really, really huge, amazing building and I'm a part of it and all that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, but also the chance at some point in my life, I just want to have the qualification of if I want to open my own studio or my own practice, I'm already qualified to do that. So yeah. Well, it's always good as like a fallback years. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. mentioned, we were, we were speaking earlier before we started recording about Sham, who obviously did architecture and now doesn't. Um, and, and the next so podcast, awesome. <laughs> he is, he's a great guy. And the next podcast is going to be with him. I've mentioned him in like three podcasts now. He's like my podcast, like, He's your I main guy. He's my main guy. Sham, my main guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he now has started adding, uh, you know, architecture stuff to his work in the sense of like he, he wants to illustrate over architecture and bring his yeah. style into existing stuff which i think is pretty cool um yeah but your work kind of does that as well right like you you add in architecture stuff to to your work sometimes in terms of geometry yeah i get yeah i get that comment a lot yeah i'd say composition wise yes but it, it's funnily enough i haven't figured out how to do it the other way around which is weird as in, um, as in, actually make a poster about my project for my master's. <laughs> you found that difficult. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just part of figuring it out at the moment. Once I have a solid project and building and everything, I feel like it will come. But it's weird because, in some ways, it's really easy to take the architectural elements and put them into a poster, whereas for some reason the other way doesn't click yet in my head. But do you think that does add like a? a benefit to your work, you know, because I think that if you haven't done architecture or you've not done any kind of, you know, that kind of illustration, that kind of planning, that kind of work, you're going to find that difficult to incorporate into what would be a movie poster or, you know, you've done stuff as well. That's like, you know, the ship stuff as well. Um, so do you think that that actually does make you stand out? And, you, and is it something you're conscious of? Do you actually think, mm, when I do this, I'm going to add in some of my, you know, architectural knowledge or whatever into a poster? Oh, well, I wasn't as conscious about it earlier on. And then I actually spoke to Dolly in uh, Comic-Con. So it was MCM. Yeah, it was my first Comic-Con. <laughs> and I was dressed up as Endor Leia, <laughs> like full cosplay, and showed him, uh, they were doing portfolio reviews, which is what I love about Poster Posse. They're just so approachable when they're around. And he was just like, stick to the architecture thing. It's going to get you somewhere Like when you incorporate these things. I just took that advice on, really. And then I started to notice it. And now I'm very conscious of it. Um, but yeah. Conscious in a-, do, in, in a way that it actually attracts. Um, I think it's just my, it, it's my strong point in posters. I think it's different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just more fun. But yeah. I'm not going to do something, go, oh my God, I need to make it look architectural. I'll look at like Aladdin and be like, hey, let's add like Islamic geometry because this is, you know, this is the Arab way or something. Like I want to add a bit of me in it. So it's, I guess it's more of adding me instead of architecture first. And then me comes, like architecture comes from me in a way. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I understand that. I don't know if that, that. makes sense. But I think, I, I think Dolly was right in that. And I think we actually even had this discussion ages ago as well. Because I think we did say like, I said to you, you know, are you going to be doing more of this architecture style posters? I think it's what you should be doing. Um, 
because I do think it does set your work apart from, you know, everyone else. Um, but obviously what I meant earlier when I said, is it something you unconsciously do and you, you want to do it is because in a way, do you ever feel like you don't want to do it? Do you ever feel like, you know, too many people have been saying my work has all these architectural things. I actually want to try and divert from that and, and have a different voice in the posters. Have you ever felt like that? Um, not so strongly. I just do it <laughs> in a way. Yeah. So I, I'm just thinking of like one of the examples, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi poster I did and the, the Black Swan one. It was just very much a subconscious thing to go that way with it. I didn't think about, oh, I need to add the architecture elements or I don't want to add architecture elements. I just went with it. Um, but I never felt that, oh, because people think that my architecture, my ar architectural posters look that good, I don't want to do it anymore, that kind of thing, or that I should. Um, I do get, though, a lot of, like, at some point I got a lot of um, Star Wars fans asking for blueprints. <laughs> I can imagine, like blue, yeah. More blueprint posters. Can you do this one next? They're still waiting. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, now you've mentioned Batman earlier. People are going to be messaging you like, you know, Batmobile blueprints. That's what they're going to want. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that I think had, a, that was already requested at some point, even before the Batman movie came out. The Blade Runner car as well, the spinner. Is it the spinner? It's the spinner, right? And a lot of Star Wars vehicles. Uh, at the moment, and one the one the Mandalorians in, a hundred percent getting more of that. <laughs> but we'll see where it goes. Those are very time consuming. Yeah, I can imagine. And would you actually want to do that? You know, because would you feel like people are sort of just pigeonholing you into one specific thing? You know, or would you want to take advantage of that and just say, you know what, I'll just do a blueprint series. People want it. Why not do it? I'd want it if they'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest no I actually had this idea of doing a book for it like a book full of my own blueprints and show a little before and after and that kind of thing and the process because I think process is really interesting for people which I never thought about just the process of architecturally drawing um like the the slave one for example before and after which I tweeted and I think you you also replied to yeah uh, I thought the first yeah. one was really cool as like an art print. see that's what you think mm. <laughs> to me it's a mess really <laughs> like yeah I was like that's awesome that would look really cool it's like a sort of pop arty print yeah yeah or like a tattoo someone said I think or something I was just like okay sure cool but deep down <laughs> you're like their I own. hate it I hate it yeah the that slave one took a while that took three months wow. Not the small one, the the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> that tiny one. Three months, Just bigger one. Clear. Twelve months. But yeah. how? But is that three months? Sort of a couple of hours a night, or how, how do you balance your work with you know your studying and stuff? That was when I was mostly unemployed. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was like during um, post lockdown, or I think we were in the second lockdown, and I was just trying to freelance. So very, very early on, and I think that's what really got people's attention again like when you're talking about the architectural posters that one really stood out for everyone but yeah these take long I've, and also depends uh that's uh, there's a stormtrooper one that took two weeks i was actually working on it on my birthday <laughs> because i was so happy to get it started <laughs> i was just like yes stormtrooper um yeah it, it depends 
on the ship or the vehicle or the technical. But yeah. Sure. And for anyone, don't do them. <laughs> and for anyone following you for a long time, you know, you do share a lot of your sister's work as well. And both of you clearly are into your arts. Is this something that sort of runs in your family that, that kind of that's pushed you both down this path? No. <laughs> no? Um, you and your sister are like a, an anomaly a in the of, family. Yeah, a lot of people think um, or assume that we come from a very artistic family. We're more on the law-based, I think, like generational-wise. Uh, I think me and my siblings, so I have an older brother as well, we're very creative. We love being creative, and my mother too. Um, my brother's an engineer. <laughs> my sister is the other artist in the house, let's say. Uh, yeah, besides that, I think it was just about having faith in each other and, and just pushing, encouraging each other to go for it. And also it's nice to talk about ideas in the family. So we're, they're very open in terms of getting involved with our art, not doing it, but getting involved in like, you know, helping out or just, you know, giving advice and stuff or their opinions. But yeah, that's how it relates with family, and which with, is good. And with siblings, there, there's always the, uh, the cliche of sibling rivalry, right? Have you guys <laughs> ever been like that or have you always been quite supportive of each other? In terms of art, always supportive and like typical and everything sister else? stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's always like that. No, um, yeah, we're very supportive. I, I did A-level art, but I don't do, uh, I don't know if you realize, I don't like doing faces and I get asked sometimes and I just like, nope, don't do faces. She very much does. She's a really good fine artist. Um, yeah, I don't think... I don't think there's ever been like a chance for any rival rivalry because we're so different in our artwork. Like she's she's got painting down, her pen work is great. Um, mine's mostly digital now, so yeah. There was a moment where I was worried though because <laughs> she did a workshop with the Royal Academy of Arts and they had like an architect do a workshop with them and she did such a good architectural model <laughs> and then she got her work. Um, exhibited at the Royal Academy of Arts, which I think is still up at the moment. So I don't know when this is coming out, but it probably will still be up. And it was just like, uh, it was we, we went on her birthday to take photographs of her by her work. And I was just going, wait, I have to wait seven years to get acknowledged by this like institution as an architect. <laughs> and then she's getting her work exhibited. And I was like, that's not fair. Um, but it's all like, <laughs> it was just like a, a concerning little moment, but it was really funny. And yeah, no rivalry in terms of art. <laughs> so we're kind of full swing into 2023 now. What kind of work can we expect from you this year? Absolutely nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, I've got nothing for you. Um, Unless it's Star Wars, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to make posters for Star Wars at some point, for sure. I think the excitement always gets to me. I do have a piece with Vice Press coming out. So in the next month, I believe. So sometime in February. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. So everyone should keep <laughs> and, their eyes out for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Matt tweeted about it already. Mentioned it here and there. But I, I tweet hints all the time, like even before. Before I post her, I will tweet hints. Even when I was selling my Dune, I was like tweeting worms and stuff. <laughs> well, I know you, so. you don't really want to talk about it too much or give anything away, but what, what can we expect from this piece? Is it, is it 
like pure illustration? Does it have some of the architectural stuff in there? What, what can we expect? It's very architectural. I think if you like the Dune one, then you'll probably like this one. If you don't like the Dune one, then it's up to you, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy that Vice Press likes it. That was like the best part for me. I was really, really like grateful for um, getting James and Matt uh, to work on this, and it was really, really fun. Yeah, yeah they're both great so, guys. Yeah, they're so fun to work with and talk with, and I really want to work with them again. And yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm not going to say anything though. You, they, everyone probably knows. But yeah. Well, you've already done a few. So this will be what your second, no, third gallery print, right? Yeah. And it, all three are licensed, aren't they? Well, the f- I think the, the first, first one, is, right? one isn't. It didn't need a license. It was more of just a uh, okay. digital sure. piece. Yeah, and then there's June, and then this one. So this is your second license piece. I'd say that's pretty good going, considering you've not yeah. really been sort of. You know, existing in this existing world in this world for long, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's it's skyrocketed after Dune. I can't lie. There was just a moment where I just had to go. Wait, what am I doing? Um, even when selling the APs and everything, it's it's all a learning experience. But yeah, I'm really grateful for it. Is there anything you've specifically sort of taken from it that you could give advice for other artists? You know, oh. There's a lot, <laughs> I'd say. I think I'll just circle back to actually asking people for for the advice because I feel like it can be so generic right now, but um, everyone's welcome to ask me. I will literally give advice on things um, if they drop a DM. I'm really open about it. Uh, but yeah, I think checking with people who have done things before, like even the process of selling APs and where to get um, tubes and all these things that I didn't know about before. It's nice to ask and get an, like an idea before actually buying things. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I'd say just ask people. <laughs> so the sort of takeaway for you then from this whole experience in the community and talk, talk to people, <laughs> talk. be open with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's completely right. I think, like I said earlier, when if you're someone that, because I, I mentioned myself as an example, when you first start out in, in anything, you seem to be quite stubborn. I think you, you you think you know what you're doing. You think you're you're on your path, and, and no one can sort of tell you what's what. Yeah. But I think once you do grow out of that, and you start getting feedback, and you start reaching out to people, that's the best way to learn, and it's the best way to figure out your place. I think in the community as well, like figure out where you are, where you're at, where you need to be. It's all done just through talking to people, right? Yeah, and people are really open. Well, to, from what I see, they, they're very open. I think the poster community that I'm in at the moment is very, very supportive. I don't think there's been like a single bad experience with, with any artist or anything like that. So that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think everyone's really positive and looking out for each other. All right, Nada. Well, that brings me nicely to the end of the podcast. And thank you so much for sharing your insight into, you know, not only your work, but your experience in the community and everything it's been really great to chat to you it has been great to chat to you too i'm so happy you did this <laughs> yeah i am as well bye thank you for listening to the poster spy podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe you can help fund this series directly by supporting us on patreon where you'll also be given access to extended versions of each and every episode discounts with our partners and a whole lot more 
simply head over to patreon.com slash posterspy to your start from just £2 per month. If you're looking for daily design inspiration, visit posterspy.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at posterspy for all of the latest updates.